my message today is first things first. And and I, I'm just going to tell you, I am a New Year junkie. Like, I love New Year's, right? I loved it. Like, when I was a kid, I I remember, like, when it, 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 like distinctly, I was born in 75, but I, I, I remember distinctly sitting, uh, going from 1983 to 1984, and I'm sitting in our living room, and they're doing the whole year in review, right? And they're like, the man of the year, the woman of the year, the team of the year, you know, every, it was, and you just get to relive the year, and I mean, I loved it. I lo- and I, I mean, that was my—that's probably my first memory of actually, you know, you know, eating way too much, getting to stay up way too late, and and, and I just—I loved the beginning of the year. I loved it. I—I I wish every—I wish like every month, if if you could celebrate like, like next month, February first, yeah. I mean, now be honest, wouldn't it make the year better? Because, like, we're celebrating now, and then it's like, you know, you know, January 7th, you're like, oh, I don't know, 2023. I mean, when's the first, when's the first thing that somebody's going to post on Instagram or Facebook, and it's like, oh, no thanks, 2023. You know, you know how people do. Oh, I hate 20, whatever. But I love New Year. I, re- I love when I was a kid staying up late. I'll be honest, I don't stay up late anymore, typically. I did last night. But, uh, um, but, 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 yeah, but I love it. You know, and the greatest thing, too, like football. New Year's Day, typically, I mean, today is like Sunday, so New Year's Day, and it's the goofy NFL that no one cares about. Who cares? Right? But football, you would wake up, and it was like for a short time or for a, actually for a quite a long time, my wife and I and our family lived in California. And that was the greatest because the football game started at 9 a.m., not noon. Right? And so it's like I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to sleep in, and I'm going to wake up, and there's football. 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 Football's amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, 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 but I love the new year. I, I, I'll never forget this. I was a young, young youth pastor. Now I'm a old, old youth pastor. Uh, but I was living in New Mexico. I was single. I was 24 years old. And we were having an all-night party for the youth group. Called them a lock-in. A lock-in. Listen, I'm 47 now. We don't ever offer lock-ins. We'll never do them, ever, ever. But when I was 24, we did an all-night lock-in from 1999 going into 2000, right? Y2K. Y2K. And so me being a young youth pastor, and not a very wise youth pastor, uh, you know, we had this thing, and we had just, it was an incredible night. And, uh, and, and but we we were doing five, four, three, two, one, and I had I had some incredible youth leaders. We had like twenty something youth adult youth leaders. We had a couple of hundred students, and and I got with all the the youth leaders. I'm like, when we hit zero, Y two K, Y two K, and the whole world's gonna explode. I was like, put down every breaker, right? 
Now listen, I mean, look, we were watching everything. It was like 10, 2,000 in China. Nothing happened, right? But in our little town of Alamogordo, New Mexico, it struck mi- uh, midnight and <laughs> everything went out. Kids were like, ah! Kids were crying. They're like, I'm never going to see my mom again. They're like, your mom lives three miles away. I wasn't a very wise youth pastor, but I love, I love New Year. I love that it really is a start over point. When I was growing up in church, we would have what was called a watch night service. It would start at like 8 o'clock, and we would have worship until midnight, and then we'd celebrate. And, and my, my pastor growing up, his name was Jerry Bray, and uh, he was an incredible man. But a- every year, you know, uh, you know you, you <laughs> he would come up with the slogan. Right? I'll never forget 1987. He's like, we could see heaven in 87. Things are going to be great in 88. You know, I mean, just the crazy little slogans that we loved and, and uh, feeling fine in 99. You know, I, I don't know. That was made up. You know, now you see a lot of pastors, you know, new, new, new year, new you. New year, new view, right? But I, I, I just want to, I want to take today and just kind of, just kind of cap off our year, you know. Just cap the year off. It's an illustrative message, um, you know. I just wanted you to be able to see what topping off the year would look like, and uh, you know. So, but I want us to look at, you know, Jesus's. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I'm so glad we weren't playing Clemson last night. <laughs> but I want us to look at what Jesus did if Jesus was, was teaching a New Year's message. And really, that first message, that Sermon on the Mount, that's really what it was. Hey, guys, everything is about to change. I want you to know that in 2023, whether it's January 1st or it's, you know, when it's May 15th or whatever the date may be for you, any day that you wake up and you have breath in your lungs, Jesus wants you to know it's a new day and everything can change for you. But only if we do what Jesus said. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, Jesus gives his new message. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more? value than they, and which by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like 
one of these. But, but if God so clothes the, gra- uh, the, the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, which, uh, uh, excuse me, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. Now, listen, as I've said, you guys, I mean, I, I, I'm a youth pastor, and never before in, in my history of being a youth pastor is the anxiety and the anxiousness, uh, it, it, it is so prevalent, not only among our uh, junior hires and high schoolers and college students, but even it, it, throughout families. Why? Because, not because we're bad or evil people, but life is hard. Life is difficult. Problems come, and, 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 and we're bombarded day after day after day with bad news. In fact, so often, good news is hidden from us, right? If, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're on social media, if we're watching the news, or if we're watching just regular television shows, good news is hidden, bad news is glorified, right? And so we're, we're only going to be worried and anxious and fearful. And yet Jesus says, do not be anxious about anything. The last time I spoke, I, 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 said, I told you guys that, that every Wednesday, nearly every Wednesday, one of the scriptures that we quote, no matter what sermon series we're in, you know, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about. And then, but and instead, we are anxious about everything, and we pray about nothing. And, and so Jesus is laying it out. Do you want this year to be different for you? Do we want this year to change and be different for us? He's saying this is how you do it. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, uh, you know, or what, you know, anything. He said, trust God. But here's what he said, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus was giving great instructions, giving us confidence, allowing us to trust him, uh, and, and he loves us, and he wants to care for us, and he's saying, but seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God. I remember growing up, very often, my dad was up and out of the house by 4.45 every day <clears throat> going to work. And he'd come home and he'd eat something really quick and he'd go out to umpire like four you know, uh, baseball games and come back and, 
and uh, oftentimes I would go and watch him umpire, and people would be like, "Who are you here to see?" I'm like, "The umpire." I'm cheering for that guy. But very often, because he was up and out of the house, I'd go and sit down and eat my cereal and read the cereal box. Nobody reads the cereal box. That's that's the issue with society. So I'm sitting there reading the cereal box, and I'd look down, and very often there'd be a note for me. And my dad would say, Jace, he couldn't say the one last word. Jace, I want you to know I love you. And after every little note, whatever it said, he'd write back this big pretty thing. And he was letting me know then, Jason, today, no matter what you're doing, if you've got a test, if you're trying out for the basketball team, whatever it is, seek first the kingdom. Put him first. Put Jesus first. And quite often, even now, when he'll send a card or a letter to my to our family, and, and usually there's checks in it. It's awesome. Dad, if you're watching, man, those are amazing. This past, two days ago, he sends totally random. We go, there's a package in our mailbox, and it's a package of Lay's potato chips, like all varieties, 50, 50 packages of it. We're like, who sent this? So I'm sending out messages to my family, and my older sister's like, probably dad. But he would, you know, he wanted me to know, just as Jesus wanted those that were listening to him, listen, trouble's going to come. I love it. He said, every day he's going to have enough trouble for itself, so quit bringing in your stuff, right? Seek first the kingdom. So Jesus literally was saying, number one, put God first or seek first, uh, 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 put God first in your anxiety. Jesus literally says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about what? Don't be anxious about what you eat or drink. Many of us become anxious about what we have eaten or what we have drank. I've eaten way too much. I am anxious because I have gained back 15 pounds, you know, stuff like that. But I'll never forget, I mean, I mean, you know, my dad still, he'll send cards, letters, and still, to this day, he'll write, you know, da-da-da-da, I love you, Merry Christmas, first things first. First things first. And the first thing, student, the first thing, adult, is this, seek God first. Don't worry about what your kids are going to do or what your kids are going to say, what your job is going to be uh, like. How can I afford this or can I afford that? Listen, if we spend time seeking God first, he's going to give us wisdom then to make the decisions so therefore we don't have to worry. See, the part of seeking God first and seeking his kingdom first it gives us opportunity for preparation. And anybody knows, for the most part, if you prepare well, you do. You worry less. I did not learn that very quickly, so all through high school, I worried a lot because I did not prepare for the test. And my mom would pray these prayers. Dear Jesus, bring back to Jason everything he studied. No! 
I need manna from heaven. <laughs> Mentally, things I have not discovered or do not deserve. But Jesus is saying, put God first even over your anxiety. Look, we know it's real. We know that. We know that there's struggle. We know that there's worry. We know that there's fear. But the Lord is saying, I'm here. Seek me. Seek me. I'm going to walk you through it. In fact, I'm going to begin to add everything to you. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I love it there in 1 Peter. He's letting us know two things. The first thing he says is, hey, you know what? In due time, the Lord wants to lift you up. He wants to give you opportunity beyond anything you could hope, dream, or imagine. But what he needs you to do is cast all of your cares upon him, and you can do that. Why? Because he cares for you. He loves you. He's for you. If God can be for you, who can be against you? No one. But he says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. But if we're honest, we don't do that. I'm not saying we don't spend time in prayer. Lord, I need you in this area. Da, 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 da. But do we cast, do we lay it at the altar in our lives and say, Lord, it's yours. I'm going to take you at your word. You care for me. I'm casting my worries, my fears, my anxiety. I'm giving them to you. Now you give me what you have. You give me your rest. You give me your peace. You give me your joy. You give me your understanding. You give me your wisdom. I'm giving you my mess, and you give me the great exchange, what I don't deserve. Put God first. In your anxiety, second, Jesus is saying to us today, put God first in your confidence. Put God first in your confidence. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your, uh, uh, on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. I want you to know when we trust God first, when we put God first, he does give us confidence. He gives us confidence in who he is. He gives us, us confidence in what he has done in our lives and then through our lives. Listen, David wasn't confident in front of Goliath because of his ability uh, to, to, to throw a rock with a slingshot. He was confident because he said, oh, my God is greater. And if nobody else is going to step up, I'm going to do what the Lord says to do. He was confident in saying, I'm going to do what God has said to do. And then it's God's job. It's God's business to come through. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, uh, on your, uh, in your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. 
Number three, put God first in your anticipation. So we have put God first in your anxiety. Put God first in your confidence. Put God first <clears throat> in your anticipation. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 4 says this. After this, the Moabites and the uh, Ammonites and with some of the uh, uh, Midianites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, far beyond the sea, and behold, they are uh, in uh, Hazan Tamar. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he set his face to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. I want to point out something very interesting. When the men came to Jehoshaphat and they said, look, there's armies coming from this direction. There's armies coming from this direction. There's another, a third coming from this direction. Now listen, these armies... It, it, it wasn't like they were like the greatest allies on earth. They just wanted destroy, to destroy the people of God. He said, everybody is coming against you, Jehoshaphat. And the, and the Bible said that Jehoshaphat was what? Afraid. Guys, we have never experienced from 2020 to now. Mary Beth is so right. It's like these years are flying by, and yet it, feel, it feels like we're zooming forward, and it feels like we haven't moved. You, you know, it's like talking with Amanda, because we moved here right in the middle of everything in, in July of 2020. And so we've been here two and a half years, and it's like this has been an incredible two and a half years. And it seems like we've been here forever in a positive way. We are at home. We love it. But it also seems like it, it's just, it's the, you know, it's like it's been so quick and so much of the world is still in chaos. And, and so we've never experienced what we've experienced now going on three years. And it's okay to have worry. Jehoshaphat was afraid, but what he did with his fear was, it says, he first set his face to seek the Lord. He first set his face to seek the Lord. One thing I remember those watch snipers <laughs> with my pastor Jerry Bray. We would celebrate and we'd sing and we'd worship and he'd throw out slogan after slogan. And, but I remember nearly every year he then would call the, the church to a time of prayer. 
Now listen, and I remember that wasn't the most fun part, church. I'm like seven and eight. I'm like, oh, now we've got to pray for an hour. Because he would always call us to, to prayer at 11, right? Like, and I'm seriously, like, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And he would begin to lead us in prayer, and people would come and pray. And, but it was much like to us with that. It was like the first thing we're going to do when that ball drops, right, in New York, we're going to be ringing calling upon the Lord in prayer the first few moments of January 1st, whatever year it is. And so I want you to know we have anxiety, we have fear, we have worry, we have some doubts, we have stress, but you can put God first in those things. See, I would venture to say the American church has grown extremely weak in many areas. Pastor Rob, is, especially in this Revelation series, he's been pointing out a lot of that. And it's not because of lack of belief even, but I'll tell you what it is. And it is true in my own life. We don't have a belief problem, but you know what we are as a Christian American church? don't pray now when I say we don't pray you may pray all day I'm not you know you know what I'm saying corporately as an American church we've become so self-sufficient we can put on a good service again I'm talking about the American I can get up and sing and preach, and I, that's my favorite. I can, I can do it without trying. But I'm telling you what the Lord has called me to in 2023. And I say this not in pride. I say this in shame, truthfully. But I say this to you because I need some accountability. Like Jehoshaphat, the armies are gathered around us. And Jehoshaphat was afraid. It said, but then he set his face to seek the Lord. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes, Lord, are on you. I don't know what to say, but I am going to worship you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to put first things first in 2023, and I'm going to seek you. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 13 through 17 says this. Meanwhile, all of Judah. How much of Judah? All right, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> and meanwhile, all of Judah stood before the Lord. Parents look at this, with their little ones, with their wives and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of 
that guy a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde of people, for the battle is not yours, but God's. It says that the entire nation came, and I loved it, Pastor Rob. It said all the people came, and they brought the little ones. They brought their children. They brought their wives. They brought, and they, they said, we're going to seek first right now. We're going to pray right now. And as they began to pray, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And he said, I've got something for you. I've got a word straight from the Lord. And the word was not, we could see heaven and eggs fell. The word was much more impactful. He said, this great horde of people, this great battle coming against you, I want you to know specifically those that struggle with mental health and those that struggle with anxiety. Listen, what the Lord is saying to you, the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours, but it is God. wants to give you rest. He wants to give you hope and joy, but Jehaziel said the battle is not yours. So tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they're going to come up by the ascent of Ziv and you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and no one looking around in this moment, today many of us could say, we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. What are you expecting in this next new year? Put God first in your anticipation. Put God first in your expectation. Pray, seek God, but know this, the battle that we will inevitably face is not ours to win. It's not even ours to fight. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
and everything else will be added to you. What's going to be added to you? Joy. What's going to be added to you? Peace. What's going to be added to you? Hope. What's going to be added to you? Confidence. What's going to be added to you? Victory. And look, victory looks different in everybody's life. Victory doesn't mean there is no trial. Victory doesn't mean there's no uh, difficult season. Victory doesn't even mean that there's not moments of loss. But victory is this. Like Jehoshaphat, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to obey God. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to pray, then I'm going to do what he says. And when we come into that moment, like all of Judah and Jerusalem did that day, there's those moments of unity where the Spirit of the Lord will speak to us. And here's what he's saying, I believe, for us too in 2023. Don't worry, don't fear, don't be dismayed. Pastor Rob, go and do what God has put in your heart for 2023 because the battle is not even ours to fight. We're just going to walk in obedience and he's going to bring us victory so that we can only give him all the praise and all the 